Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Neidhart, and you are listening to Venus Unplugged. And what we do here is explore myths and dreams and beauty and art and culture and shadow and all things Venusian. And uh, I had planned uh, in my head uh, to talk about uh, the elders and elderly and old age. But when I woke this morning, suddenly Persephone came up strong and loud. So I took the hint, and we are going to do, over the next couple of weeks, uh, the exploration of Persephone. Persephone is the maid that is abducted into the underworld, and she becomes queen of the underworld. And this is the time of Persephone, when all things uh, living, at least at this side of the earth, uh, go into the underworld. And this journey and this mythology, what does it mean to us, and what is the Persephone woman within? Uh, And um, as I... You know, the, the thing about myth is when you really get into studying it, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky, it's got many roots in many, many ways. So I'm going to just start with, um, it's called the, the Rape of uh, Persephone. So there are times that, you know, this is interpreted as uh, the victim has betrayed as innocent. Uh, but it's also, a, as a teaching myth, we need to look also at the details, these little things that happen. Why this and why three steps and not two steps? And it's a way of also within our, within our own inner world and within our own life when we start telling ourselves the story of something that happens. Now, a rape can, can obviously be an abduction in, in this case, but it, it's also, even more importantly, it's the shock that we get when we are starting a new path of life, a new way of life. We're abducted into a world unwillingly. I know a few people who say, gee, let me suffer for consciousness. Once you get into understanding psyche, you know you're going to suffer, uh, but it's a, it's a value, it's a meaningful suffering. It's not a meaningless suffering. So, and since we are all going into the underworld for the next uh, couple of months into this journey, you know, I thought it'd be uh, interesting to be a guide into this underworld and the things that happen to all of us in one form or another. So it starts with Kor and Persephone are one and the same, and she's the maiden, and she is Demeter's daughter. Some say she's seven. So we look again, seven. Every time we see seven, we know Saturn's hanging out somewhere. Uh, And she's picking flowers. She's playing with the uh, sea nymphs, and uh, she's, you know, a young girl, a young maid. She's having a lovely time. And she's picking these flowers in this meadow, and she reaches for the narcissist. And suddenly, the earth opens wide, and out of the depths come a golden chariot driven by black horses and driven by the faceless lord of the underworld. And she screams, Mother, Mother, help me. But Demeter, her mother, was 
far away, and no one heard her cries except for the old Hecate in her cave, who hurried to the rescue but could find no sign of core. So that's how uh, this begins, this journey. And we've all had those moments. We're just walking along, thinking life is just groovy, and we're picking flowers, and we are in a childlike, idyllic moment, and suddenly out of nowhere, or so it seems. Now, that can happen where, you know, we're we're secure in our job and suddenly, you know, the company goes under and you're jobless. Or so you think. So you need to be able to, how, how does one heal? Persephone is also the, the healer. She is the prophetess. She is the healer in us. So the Persephone woman or the Persephone within us or the anima figure in the male, the Persephone, you know, uh, these figures have different aspects or different ways of relating to us. So the narcissist, I got caught with that image. uh, The fact that she's picking a narcissist. Now, the narcissist is is the flower, is in the lily family, right? And there's also the story of narcissists. So that's a hint right there. Is this a continuation of narcissist um, who's the consummate puer? All right. Now, does that also indicate or hint at Persephone being the puella? You know, where she's just floating along and being her charming self and has no idea what life is like. Uh, or, you know, we're innocent to our own folly. We think, you know, breaking hearts or, or uh, is fun. We're insensitive because the puella seduces. Now, I'm not saying Persephone was a puella, but the fact, it's a hint. There's something in here that is going to show this youthfulness and the dangers of youthfulness and the dangers of not wanting to grow up and the dangers of wanting to stay home forever. Uh, we're never initiated, and we must be initiated by life, for life. This isn't your parents' ideas or our grandparents' ideas. It's life that demands we be shaken. And if we refuse the call, it gets, symptoms get worse. And then the worst thing to happen is that there are no hints and there are no symptoms, which just means you've lost the initiation. You've lost the period for the initiation, and now it's going to just turn into some strange um, wounding or uh, illness. Because if the gods are not heeded, it can turn into uh, a wound in the body, and then we have to suffer through that. So it's not one's fault you didn't create that, but your refusal to grow. No, I don't want to be inconvenienced. 
I don't want to go into the adult world. I, I don't want to take on my destiny. It's too big. It's too scary. And that's perfectly natural. But you go anyway. You've been invited first. And then you'll just be abducted. It's, or it's like waking up and you're depressed. You've been abducted. You didn't take the hints. And so you need to go back and say, when did, when did this start happening? What is going on in my life that I am refusing to look at? You may be refusing to look at uh, that you're in a relationship that's way out of balance. You love a person way more than they love you. And uh, you keep on giving and giving. And nothing's coming back. And you suffer and you cry. But you don't ask the question. Why am I giving uh, to the point of near hysteria? When clear the person can't give back, you know what's going on, and also this is these are stories of of uh, grieving and praise. I was listening to this shaman; it was a wonderful story about that. If we can't grieve, which also Persephone is a, a story of grieving. Persephone does not grieve; her mother grieves. So the mother in us, or externally, must grieve when the maiden needs to separate from her. So these are very complex uh, dynamics, and you can pull any one of these threads in a myth and be very busy working with it. So I'm going to try to be as thorough as one can possibly be with quicksand or quicksilver because it just moves through. So I got caught with, okay, so the narcissism, why the narcissist, why that flower, or what is commonly known as the daffodil. So the lily, which the narcissist is part of the lily family, there's over 4,000 species. And the narcissist is one of them, all right? So it's not only white. Now, remember, the lily white is also pure innocence. You can see as the virgin mother, the uninitiated, all right? But it's also, when it's lily white, it has no shadow. So for human beings, that's dangerous because the shadow is the stuff, the aspects within us that, you know, holds the plot. That's where the action is. That's where we're going to get the storyline. So without going deep into the way of the shadow world, okay, or Hades or the underworld, okay, or death, which is a continuation. So the fact that this this scented, incredible flower is also... Can be can be toxic, right? It can be intoxicating. It can be used for healing. It can be used to kill. And mythically, the short-lived um, lily in the form of the narcissist is also represented by the puer, the beautiful youth who dies before reaching maturity. So. Persephone plucks the flower of the puer. So there's a connection there. 
her usefulness doesn't know that, you know, it's like, they, they, here's the, this field and all these flowers, and there's only one yellow flower, the narcissist, and you don't get suspicious. But she goes over and she picks it innocently. So it also shows that, that, that the innocence, no, it's not your fault. But you better start telling yourself or asking yourself the questions because it's about to become your fault. The action wasn't her fault, but she's being drawn into something. And if we are not at least have some working knowledge that, you know, initiations are constantly happening, and if we take them as personally, and if we take them that we're being punished, and we take it that we're being a victim, we miss the moral of the story. Now, I'm not saying that there's not victimization. Of course there is. But we're talking about the mythological realm which is the realm of the collective unconscious. That's how the archetypes operate in these different forms. And so there's this hint just by picking that, and then suddenly, you know, the earth opens up, and out comes this this dark god, who very often I see as the black Christ, this, this figure who also happens to be Zeus's brother and Demeter's brother and Persephone's uncle. And the, the power of that, it's, it's, the, it's the energy within, within this kind of family structure and what begins to happen. So as she's you know, picking these flowers and this whole thing opens up, she's then taken into the underworld. And the only one who sees her is Hecate, the crone, the great mother, the grandmother. So you already get the hint, like, wait a second. She knows something, as all, you know, the old crones do. They got the secrets of life and death and the underworld. And they can tell the difference between a poisonous flower and, and uh, one that you can turn into a poison or a healing poison. So again, you pay attention. You know, the myth is so brilliant. In, in a few sentences, they're giving you like a, you know, the Game of Thrones if we're paying attention. Because myth doesn't get into the detail. It just tells you. And then your psyche or or your heart or your being starts to feel like, wait a second, I'm getting a little anxious. Now what happened to her? So if we look at, I want to also be looking at Persephone as the Medea woman, as, as the one who is the prophetess, which I will get into later. But we're going to work a little bit right now with this kind of the innocence of Persephone. So like her childhood is shattered. And, you know, Uncle Hades, uh, the lord of the underworld, and, his, and her mother, Demeter, cannot save her. And her father, Zeus, king of the gods, conspires in her betrayal. So in all religions, in all belief systems, in all mythologies, this concept of betrayal, why do we need to be betrayed? 
thought of the consciousness of betrayal is an upgrade in consciousness. Because anyone who comes out of a betrayal and has worked with it and not just fallen down and become the victim of this terrible thing, you know, at some point, the tears stop and you say, so now how did this happen? And if we spend a lot of times projecting it and scapegoating other people who are obligated to betray because that's part of the dynamics or what we can look at as the comic uh, working out, you've been chosen to betray somebody or somebody's been chosen to betray you. You don't even know what's going on. So in this, this betrayal, it's always an upgrade if you work on it. So it means something that you were not conscious of, you become conscious of. If you waste your life back and forth, bickering back and forth, who's at fault, you've missed the point. The portrayal is done, sometimes unwittingly. You have no idea. Someone steps on a a shadow button you didn't know that you have. Someone says something that, you know, triggers you into an absolute hysteria, either feeling victimized or, or so enraged that you can't, you can't think. That's a, hot, that's a hotbed there. That's got a lot of power in it. That's the poison that heals. And if we work with it, I mean, psyche's going to work with it anyway. But the difference is, are you going to be able to listen to the unconscious, listen to the dreams, listen to uh, the works of art or the writing or, you know, telling yourself a story, which is always gives an autobiographical hint of what God or goddess is busy at work in your life. So this myth, it's the classic tale of victimization of the innocent child and a victimization and a betrayal that determines the child's fate. Again, very often at the age of seven, 14, 21, and certainly um, the sudden return, there is some type of betrayal that happens. Whether the betrayal is, you know, having to leave the mother's house and, and, and go to school and start to learn how to be in the world, or at the age of seven, we begin the age of reasoning. So we have to become conscious that we, you know, we're making mistakes. It's not just the innocent world of like, I don't know. Um, So, and it could be a symbolic seven. So it doesn't literally have to be seven or, or a grandparent dies or something happens where we're struck start to get this feeling. It's like, wow, I think childhood, you know, is about to uh, turn. I can't just be in this innocent state. And life kind of comes and gets us. So it's, it's also, this story is also a template, you know, for transformation in the underworld, which we will go into. What, what happens in there and how does it happen? And how can we stay conscious? Because most of us want to faint. 
I, I, I can't look at this. This is this is too big. You know, the ego, uh, just it's like, whoa, no, no, no. And it's like, sorry, you've been called. Which is why we also have the teachings in, in, in the dream world. So, you know, starting to contemplate this myth of Persephone, and and we can begin to realize that this principle of life, which is to be pursued, to be robbed, to be raped, to feel, to fail, uh, to understand, to rage, to grieve, and then to be born again, to descend and to return. This is a cycle of life. Now, the first couple hundred times it happens to us, we don't always, uh, we don't always realize it until we begin to step back and say, wait a second, this knife is not against you. You're worthy. You're worthy of being initiated. You've got something that's of value, but it is hidden, and you need that for your next year or journey or destiny or fate or reason for being on the planet. There's a healing gift. And what greater healing gift than wisdom? Being able to understand or at least know that this is the attempt that life has towards its secrets, its way of being. And wisdom is not about avoidance. Like, you know, you, you know where that problem is and you're going to avoid it. It's like, no, I'm going to walk right into it and walk through it and um, start to understand that there are times in life where we don't know anything. And we surrender into that. I don't know. I don't even know the question to ask. I don't even know what I'm looking at here, let alone what I'm feeling. That's another hint. Wow. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's that? The God of the underworld. Taking you into an initiation. An initiation is a change in consciousness. Now, in the ancient times, you know, the the whole uh, country would go to the Aleutian mysteries and uh, willingly worship this myth and come out different. And if you notice just at this period of time, you know, we've got our holly, uh, you know, our uh, Halloween where we all dress up as some unconscious persona and we live that out for a few hours. And we get tricks or treats. This this is an ancient holy rite. Will we become something else, an archetypal figure of death or the hooker or whatever it is that we're we're doing? Uh, and we have a lot of fun, but secretly we're we're in an initiation, right? That's why people love Halloween so much. They begin to realize, wait, if I can play this out, I can get an insight into something I don't know about myself or others. So this descent into the underworld, all all, uh, mythic motifs, 
You know, so when we go into a descent, we follow an overall kind of structure. And the beginning, it begins with a separation. It's a separation from known life, how we think it is. And it's followed by a descent to the land of the dead. And it ends with a return to the upper world in a changed state. So the typical form of initiation is the rite of passage. We have to have rites of passage. And one of the overall most important, besides the fact that we can mature and grow and live to the fullness of our potential, is also to make us wise so that we can become elders. Now, elders has nothing to do with age, but we're in a a world with very few elders. Everybody wants to be the eternal puer or puella. Where are the elders? The youth needs the elders. And the artists. And to, to be able to say, well, this is how it could be. Or that there's meaning in this. And the elder wise elders, sometimes we just have some crazy-ass elder. And um, the elder will ask a question. And then we pursue that that answer. We live until we can into the question. But if there are no elders, there's no initiation. If there's no initiation, we're all dancing in the dark. You know, it looks pretty funky. Nothing worse than an old puera puella. They become stereotypes. They're not, they're not attractive stereotypes. So we get initiated from an immature, okay? It hasn't ripened. So you need to be plucked or pulled away so that the potential that is in you and in your world and in your life and not to mention the promise you made or some people see it as a contract the contract that you made uh, to to be in life and that's like no I don't feel like doing it well that's ill-advised you've been gifted something and now you have to go pursue it so this journey, and, you know, for those of you that uh, are aware of uh, Joseph Campbell, you know, that's everything that he's talking about in Hero with a Thousand Faces. It's the hero's journey. Or in, in uh, Sylvia Pereira's uh, Descent to the Goddess. That's the archetypal woman's journey. And in some cases, you know, Persephone is seen as a descent in uh, a victim's journey, we we don't know what happened. We are really innocent, and the anguish of that. So Persephone doesn't choose her descent. See, heroes choose. You know, they go on their their quest, and they get their holy get-up. You know, their their outfits and their their uh, swords and all that. Stephanie just got this flower. So her initiation to the underworld is, for some, a victim's initiation, and it's an abduction. 
a betrayal of innocence that all victims experience. But you're going to be a worse victim by never growing because then you'll wind up victimizing everybody else with your refusal to grow. And then Demeter, her mother, is being initiated through her daughter's abduction into the underworld. And she's being initiated into loss and grief. So it's also the story of the separation of mother and daughter and whatever mother and daughter represents. So we are going to be working on this for, cool, I guess, probably just take about five weeks. So continue to tune in to the way of Persephone. You will have a Persephone within. And the males have a, a, a Persephone aspect to their anima. So how do we relate to these different uh, uh, images, these different archetypal mysteries? And this is a great time to be doing this because um, we are going into the realm of the underworld or what is it, the unknown the mysteries. There's a lot happening. The, the underworld is not still. It's teeming with life and possibilities and jewels and diamonds. So let's go find that diamond. Okay, till next week. Bye-bye.